Hi, I'm David Jackson and welcome to my podcast, D-Time, a personal project of mine where I simply share what I'm learning in life spiritually as a Christian, husband, father, and human. Each episode you'll hear from myself and I'll also sit down with a guest and talk about various topics and get their insights as well. Life is all about learning and I love learning from other people and seeing what sparks come from discussions on everyday topics. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, welcome back to D-Time. Today is all about leadership. And I'm really excited to dig into this topic because it's something that honestly I struggle with. You know, I struggle with the concept of leadership and and most importantly, you know, feeling adequate as a leader. And whenever I think of leadership, well, I, I think of movies. <laughs> Think of the movie Gladiator. You know, Gladiator has this great line, you know, a lot of great lines, honestly. But, you know, Maximus, in the beginning of the movie, he's talking to his guys and delivers that line, you know, what we do now echoes for eternity. And that's like the battle charge. And when I think of leadership, I, I think of that type of inspiration. And I know that's kind of dramatized. But in a very real way, you know, I think leadership should inspire people. You know, you should be inspired to to run through a wall, as they say in sports. And I never felt like I could convey that type of emotion, right, to inspire it on that level. And, you know, when it comes to spiritually, you know, I think of Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 14. You know, Nehemiah, you know, he's tasked with rebuilding um, Jerusalem, the walls around Jerusalem. And he, he pick, you know, he gets his team. He gets the people to, to help rebuild. And these guys aren't, aren't uh, soldiers. They're not, you know, skilled warriors. They're just regular men and women with families. And he delivers a line. And encourages the people to to fight for their their mothers, their daughters, their sons. And to me, I, I kind of read that as one of those Maximus moments, you know. But it happened, <laughs> you know. Like leadership inspires people, right? It, you're you're called to to lead people to do things, and to inspire them. And you know, I, I know I'm not alone in this area. I think as leaders, if you know folks that either in leadership or are leaders or aspire to be, you know it could be challenging at times. You know we can look at amazing leaders and get overwhelmed, but Nehemiah is a great example. You know uh, I can relate to not feeling like I can do the job. Know Nehemiah felt that way at times, but Nehemiah does a, a number of things that I think, if we were to implement into our own lives, can help us greatly. I think one thing he does is he prays. You know, he prays before acting. You know, he prays before going out to talk to the people, and I think that's something that we can't lose sight on: the importance of prayer, the importance of talking to God, and getting strength. First, from him. 
secondly, you know, he gets a team. You know, no leader does it alone. You know, it takes it takes a number of people. Uh, it takes a great support system. Again, I'm going to harp on that a lot. But he gets a team of people that he can trust that are going to help him in his role. And lastly, he understands why he's leading. You know, Nehemiah is, is rebuilding the wall for God, for God's people. And for us in leadership in all areas, I think it's very important for us to remember and to understand and to know why we do what we're doing. Are you a leader because someone's forcing you to be, you're trying to live up to something or someone? Why are you in leadership? Why are you leading? It's so important to, to know your why. I know I hear that concept a lot in different circles, but you need to understand and know why you're doing what you're doing. So my challenge for the listeners today uh, is very simple. One, believe in yourself. You know, I say that as someone who has a hard time doing that, but I know how important it is. Believe in yourself. Secondly, follow great examples. Start small. You know, I'm the type of that wants that wants to know how things end, wants to finish product, but we're all not finished products. We're all in some point of the beginning, middle stages. So start small. You know, walk before you can run, crawl before you can walk. Start small. And uh, lastly, sit down with someone who you feel is a great leader. Someone that can share some insights. Someone that you can learn from. You can imitate. You know, find that person that you're going to model yourself after. You know, do those three things. And again, share, for those listening, share your best practices in the comments. Send an email to dtimepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, share what's helped you. Again, you know, we're all on that journey. But I know, and this kind of might be a bummer for some, but we're all called to lead in some aspect. You know, I heard this stat, I think it came from a friend, James, says that the average person in their life will influence over 85,000 people, 85,000 people. So whether we like it or not, we lead in some shape or form. So why not figure out how we can be the best versions of ourselves, the best leaders that we can be and get after it. So those are my challenges. Uh, stick around for part two. We're going to sit down with a friend of mine. He leads the church that I currently attend, the pastor evangelist of the Seattle International Christian Church, Joel Parlor. Um, I can think of no better person to sit down and talk with about leadership and hear what he has to say and what he's learned over the years. Please stick around after the break. We'll have a chat with Joel.
Hey, welcome, welcome to D-Time Part 2 of our episode talking about leadership. I have a very, very illustrious guest with me, and that's uh, Joe Parlour. Joe, thank Illustrious. You. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, so before we jump into the the uh, topic, man, I was hoping if you take a couple minutes just to introduce yourself for those that are listening. Oh, thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, you know, I'm 32 years old. I uh, got a wife, two kids. I uh, grew up in upstate New York. Um, you know, finished school in Chicago, my undergrad, and I'm um, working on my master's right now to, uh, to, to get a master's in ministry. So, um, yeah, man, staying busy. We just got back from India and uh, in Sydney. Had, uh, had some pretty cool experiences out there. Saw the Taj Mahal and the famous opera house in Sydney. So, but it's good to be back, man. No place like home. Awesome. Yeah, it's good to have you back, man. Uh, awesome. So leadership is the top of, topic of the episode today. And in part one, I talked about, you know, uh, leadership and just in general, and my, one of my favorite passages uh, in the Bible in Nehemiah, when Nehemiah is like rallying, uh, rallying the guys to help rebuild the wall. And for you, you know, as leader, what do you think is the the most important trait uh, as a leader, or one of them? Well, you know, the Bible says that if you're a leader, you got to govern diligently. So I'd say diligence is is up there. You know, I, I mean, you could throw in faith faithfulness, and um, you know, there's certain skills that it takes that uh, that I believe God God has to give to you. Um, but yeah, I'll stick with diligence. I think. I think it's key to be diligent. It's key to, to be on top of your responsibilities. You can't let things fall through the cracks. You know, you got to lead the way by example. And uh, a lot of that comes down to a person's, um, you know, expectation of excellence and and their uh, their desire and passion to, to be on top of all their responsibilities. I think it's it's important whether you're talking about leading your household as a dad or or as a husband. I think it's important when it comes to leadership in the workplace or um or really anywhere you know i mean diligence is is huge i think it's a very important uh leadership aspect so yeah that's what i'd go with awesome cool so obviously you know in leadership i think just in general you know you go through ups and downs you go through successes or failures uh mm. for you you know what what's some of the biggest lessons that you've learned from you know, a, a success, success as a leader or, you know, even some failures, because, you know, the, the saying goes, you learn more from, you know, your failures than your successes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, that's definitely something to consider. Um, I guess that it comes down to what's your definition of success, you know, like, um, you know, I think something I learned early on is that a, a leader can't base uh, their their level of joy on, the uh, the results of the uh, of their you know task at hand you know for me I'm I'm a I'm I'm a preacher at a church and um, you know it's it's got its ups and downs you know I think generally speaking you want to see a consistency in in growth you know whether you're talking about spiritual growth and people maturing in Christ or whether you're talking about uh, uh, numerical growth you know literally the the attendance increasing on a weekly basis or uh, geographical growth. I mean, you want to see your membership sort of expand throughout the, the geographical area. Um, you know, and I think all of those things have have huge opportunities for uh, 
encouragement, but also discouragement. And, you know, that there are always going to be setbacks. There are going to be challenges that you face. You know, for me, I can get discouraged. In the past, I I used to get discouraged quite a bit because there were so many downs in ministry. You know, I, I think all in all, there, there are more ups than downs, but you just face a lot of downs. You're constantly in challenging talks. You're helping people with life problems. You know, some days you're a counselor, some days you're a doctor, some days, you know, you're you're a, a mover and, you know, you're helping someone move across the city. Uh, you know, some days you, you've just got to put on your dad hat and be a great dad for somebody. Um, you know, I'm not, of course, my kids, but, you know, there are a lot of young people in the church that look up to you. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a huge responsibility. So I think the biggest thing I've learned is don't find joy in the the so-called success or the results of the ministry or, 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 or else you're going to get let down more often than not. Um, you know, it's important to, to learn how to find your joy in Christ, find, find your joy in something deeper than results. Um, you know, I think of Paul, you know, he's in prison and he's telling everyone, Hey, stay joyful. You know, in Philippians chapter one, he says, I'm a prisoner. I'm here in chains. And then in chapter four, verse four, he says, rejoice always. I'll, you know, I'll say it again, rejoice. And I think the challenge is, you know, he, he may not have been happy all the time. He, he said, oftentimes he was distressed. He, he, he says, oftentimes he, he faced daily the, the, uh, the, uh, the pressure of his concern for all the churches. I don't think Paul was necessarily a, a happy, happy, joy, joy type yeah. leader, but he definitely had a, a profound joy uh, and a contentment uh, and a settlement in his heart that was deeply rooted in Christ. Awesome. Now, you know, I mentioned uh, earlier, you know, I've been, I was looking at Nehemiah when thinking about this episode and, and his leadership. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of great, you know, examples of leaders in the Bible. Uh, but for you, which, uh, which leader in the Bible has impacted you the most or you know, mm-hmm. even just lately? Oh man, you know, Nehemiah is up there for sure. He's always been, you know, in my top, go-to guys when I'm looking for direction and, um, leadership principles. But, you know, lately it's definitely been David. Um, I started back in June, um, studying out the Psalms and, you know, the first, you know, 68 of the first 72 Psalms or something like that are attributed to David. And so, you know, for, uh, a few months there, I was, I was deeply getting into the Psalms of David and it was cool. You know, I mean, I was, I was reading the Psalms that I've, I've read many times before, but I was able to put them into context with the other scriptures in the Bible, be it, you know, in first or second Samuel, um, um, you know, or, or whatever. And, and you find the context of it. And then I was able to apply it to my life personally. Um, so I, I would spend about an hour a day. I, I'm still doing it. I actually did Psalm 100 today. Um, but I, I dig into it. I read it three times over. Um, I read a bunch of commentaries and I sit and I meditate and I take notes. Um, but I've been doing it every day since June 20th and it's, it's literally changed my life. It's changed my mindset. It's changed how I think about ministry. It's changed my heart and, um, I've really appreciated it. So, I mean, the answer to that question would be, would be easy for me. It's definitely David. Awesome. Awesome. Now, no, for you, I'm sure, you know, and counseling or just sitting down with, you know, the many people that, that you, that you do, um, vice is a big part of, of, of what, you know, you do as a leader. Uh, so for you, if someone came to you, you know, that wants to grow as a leader, what's some of the things that you would share with them? You know, 
if, if they're just looking to be a, a leader in general, um, I'd point them to the Bible. Um, there's so many amazing leadership principles in the scriptures. There's this incredible book called uh, Leading from the Lion's Den uh, by this guy Harper. And um, he's a businessman, and he's broken down the 66 books of the Bible into 66 different leadership principles. Um, it's an awesome book. It's become one of my favorite leadership books. But, you know, here you got a secular book using biblical principles for application in the secular world. And, um, you know, I thought that was really interesting. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, whether you're trying to become a leader in the church or a leader in the home or a leader in the workplace, um, the Bible's the way to go. I mean, you know, there's there's a reason that you see Bible quotes and phrases on in TV shows and then you hear them in movies, you see them on, on billboards and bumper stickers. Uh, you know, there's something to say about truth and it's, it's undeniable that there's truth in the Bible. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's got things in there that you can apply to every aspect of life. So that'd be the first thing I tell somebody is read the Bible, get to know Jesus. Um, you know, read through the gospels, see, see the, the gospels in action throughout the book of Acts, which is following the Gospels, uh, read the, the principles in the Old Testament. There's so many incredible leadership principles, um, the Jethro principle in, in Exodus 18 to, to, you know, how to break down leadership and how to delegate things, um, you know, from 2 Timothy chapter 2. So that would be step number one, man. Just read the Bible, uh, study it out, learn from the Bible, apply it and watch it work. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Now, uh, I ask everybody that I sit down with uh, the same question, and, and it doesn't have to pertain necessarily to leadership. It can be about anything, really. But for you, what's been the best advice that someone's uh, shared with you? Man, the best advice. Um, I'll have to go with the most something most recently. I mean, I, I I'm not thinking back few decades, but um, a couple weeks ago, I had to sit down and talk with somebody, and they said, you know, Joel, a lot of people, they plan short-term, you know, in the next few weeks, months, maybe year, uh, things they want to do, uh, goals they have, things like that. So they plan short-term, and they plan long-term, five years, 10 years, 20 years, you know, when they retire, a uh, bucket list, you know, they like to, they like to dream about the future. But a lot of people, they fail to miss that that interperiod, and they don't have midterm goals. And I thought that was profound because that's absolutely me. You know, every time the end of the year rolls around, I take time out and I, I go through a calendar for that upcoming year, a budget for that upcoming year, be it mm -hmm. for my family or for, for the church. Um, I help other people do the same. And I've got these long-term goals, you know, things that we want to do, maybe churches we want to plant um, in the next few years, uh, five years, 10 years. But I don't know if I've ever sat and thought about year number two or year mm. number three. Those are those are always skipped in my mind. I've, I've never thought to, to think through those. And so, man, I, I think something that's often missed and I know I've been missing it is having midterm goals. I think that's a huge piece of advice. And I wonder how different my life would be now if I had midterm goals a few years ago, mm -hmm. if I planned out 2019 back in 2016, 
if I had thought through this far, what more could have been accomplished? I mean, I, I've been telling people that 2019 has been the best year of my life. I mean, I've, I've never grown so much, but, um, man, I wonder what more I could have accomplished. So I think that's huge. And that's something I'm definitely going to take with me for the rest of my life is not just short-term and long-term goals and plans, but midterm plans, two, three years down the road. Um, that's life changing. That's a game changer for me. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's a great insight. Yeah, I'm definitely taking notes on that on that one too. Man. <laughs> um, well, man, thank you so much, man. I know, uh, like you said, man, you, you've been traveling a lot lately, and, and not only leading the church, I, I definitely, you know, you're one of the first people that I thought about. Hey, when we talk about leadership, I gotta get Joel on the line. And oh, and, thanks, uh, man. So thank well, you for sharing your problems. Well, our family Those loves better. your family, and uh, we <laughs> hope to see you at Brinton's birthday party Saturday. <laughs> oh, sure. Be there. All right. So, uh, listen, yeah. um, you can follow the podcast on D-Time Podcast at Twitter and Instagram and D-Time Podcast at gmail.com. Joel, thanks so much again, man, for chatting. Thanks, David. Have a good night. Yeah. Thank you for joining me for D-Time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If there's a topic that you'd like discussed, you can leave suggestions in the comments or follow this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at the time podcast. See you next time.